Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Go to Exodus, if you would, Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter number 20, and uh, I want to talk to you today about something that has nothing to do with Memorial Day or America, but it has everything to do with what the Word of God says, and so I know we came here together to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and exalt Him today, and so that's what we're going to do through the message. Thank you for the the worship time of singing and uh, fellowshipping and hope you've been encouraged today. I hope that you've been challenged and I hope that you are um, eager to find something from the Lord today. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk to parents in particular, but everything that I talk about here today is not just for uh, parents that have children in the home. This is for anyone at all ages, all the principles that we talk about here today can be applied to any part of your life, no matter where you are in life. But I want to talk to you about uh, parenting. Um, I'll be totally honest with you. I believe the message today on parenting is because I see some things within our church. I see some things within our parents that uh, I want to bring to your attention. I know everyone just sat up on their seat a little bit. What's he going to do? I'm going to pastor you today is what I'm going to do. Parenting is one of those things that doesn't happen by accident. It uh, is something that must be done. Spiritual, biblical parenting must be done on purpose. It isn't by your feelings and your emotions, but it is by using the word of God. And today I want to talk to us about this area of parenting. Exodus chapter number 20. And look with me in verse number 12 today. The Bible says this, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I know what you're thinking. This isn't about parenting. This is on the children. I want to talk today about the parents that are worthy of honor. Parents that are worthy of honor. And I know you'd say, well, the Bible doesn't say to honor your parents only if they deserve it. And that's not what my message is today, only if you deserve it. But I do believe this, if we're going to raise godly children, we as parents must be godly ourselves. Would you agree with that? The word of God must be our guide. And uh, God created the nuclear family. And ever since God created the family, Satan has done everything he can to destroy the family. We, We see it in society today. If you take a look at what's happening in society, you will take a look at the family being destroyed. It's being destroyed. God set out in his word. He made a male and a female. He made a man and a woman. And he said said of this, a man shall leave his mother and his father. A woman shall leave her mother and her father. And the two become one through marriage. God's design for the family is a man and a woman. And then he says to that man and that woman to be fruitful and to multiply replenish the earth. God's plan for the family, the biblical, the nuclear family is a husband, a wife, 
children. That's God's, that's God's plan. Now, I understand something so basic, something so easy, probably for the majority, if not all that are in this room today, when you hear that, you would agree with that, you'd amen that. But the world is desperately opposed to that. Matter of fact, the world would say that what I just said is narrow-minded. What I just said is, is, is not politically correct. But God has a design and God has a plan. In, in parents, it's not just that now you've birthed children and now let them be whoever they want to be. God has a plan for parents now in raising their children to be godly, spiritual children that will serve the Lord the days of their life. So God created this nuclear family. My question is this, is there hope for the family today? When I see everything that is attacking and against the family today, is there, is there really hope? Can we have hope that we can raise godly children? Do, do we have hope that we just cross our fingers and hope that we can make it to 18 and then they're off doing whatever they want to do? And is that, is that, is that the plan for parenting? Is that the desire? Why did God give us family? God, God gave us family. Let me give you several things here today that I, that I hope will be a blessing and a help to us. And, and yes, a challenge to some. There, there are some here today that, that you can amen the things that are saying, being said. And there's some that, again, let me just be just straight up honest with you. There's some here today, parents, you need to take heed you need to take heed. You're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. You need to take heed of what's going to be preached here today. God created the family for several reasons. One is for living. Children need families. Children do not need the state. Children do not need the government. Children need parents. That's God's design. Our children do not belong to anyone other than God. And God has entrusted them with you. What you have, you've been given, and your responsibility is to be a good steward because what you have been given, you've been given by God Almighty. And parents, you are going to give an account of how you have raised your children under the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that ought to bring fear and that ought to bring respect into every one of our hearts. The fact that God has blessed us and given us something that belongs to him and he has asked us to be a steward of this. God has given us a family for living. Children need families. He's given us a family for learning. The commandments that we find in Gen uh, Exodus chapter number 20, these are commandments that were given to the home. Every, everything that you find here, and we're not going to go through every commandment here today, but specifically here we talk about honoring thy father and thy mother. Every other commandment even that he's given, he's given this to the home. Now, we look at society, and, and society ought to be following these commandments, and I'm not saying that society shouldn't, but these are first given to the home. They ought to be displayed and they ought to be taught by parents in every home. 
If you are a Christian parent, you ought to be teaching your children the principles of the word of God. Would you say amen to that? You'll help me today by agreeing with me. They ought to be displayed and they ought to be taught by parents in the home. The home, the family is for living. The family is for learning. The family is for lasting. That, that, that you may live long upon the earth. This was the first commandment that's actually been given with a promise. Children that honor their parents have a, have a promise from the Lord that your days will be long upon the earth. This earth is someone, and when someone is serving the Lord Jesus Christ, the years upon this earth is a wonderful thing. When you have the right perspective, when you have a right biblical worldview, you will then see the blessings that God has given you. And one of the blessings God gives us is life. Why? Because the life that we have is all that we have that we can serve the Lord Jesus Christ with. Today, you don't need money. You don't need fame. You don't need power. You don't need any of those things. You have breath and you have a life. And with that and that only, you can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You have an ability to serve Christ. I love Sunday mornings. One of the things I love about Sunday mornings as I'm walking across the parking lot, one of the first people that I see is one of our security guards at the other, other door in the other building A. And, and uh, it reminds me there are people here that are serving the Lord. I walk across the parking lot, and as I say hi to people that are driving in, I see Ken standing there every single week, faithfully standing there in the parking lot, serving in the parking lot. It reminds me there are people that are faithfully serving the Lord. I come through the doors, and uh, as I say hello to, to all the men there and the ladies at the door and walk through the, through the uh, 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 lobby and, and see people serving the Lord and see those that are serving coffee, and I come back, and one of the men will put the things on my, my ear here, these, uh, this microphone and make sure it's on and they're serving. And, and Jeff, I try to get him caught off guard. I'll, I'll try to confuse him back there as he's looking at all the cameras. I'll make him shake my hand and he'll get all confused. I like that because he's serving the Lord. Come inside and seeing all these people serving up here. They're using the life that they have to serve the Lord. Every single one of us ought to be using the life that we have to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's for lasting. God's given a promise. When you, when you faithful, when you're faithful and you honor your parents, your days will be long upon the earth. And when someone sees that as an opportunity to serve the Lord with their life, that is a blessing from the Lord. You see, when the home begins to decay, a nation begins to decay. The reason why our country is decaying is because the home is decayed. The problems in our country can all be traced back to problems in our home. In what is what is discouraging and what is heartbreaking is that many homes that grow that say they're Christian homes, they're no different in the way the children act than an unsaved home. They listen to the same thing. They think about the same thing. Their goals are the same thing. There's no difference. 
Children don't want to know if you're perfect, parents. They want to know if you're real and they want to know if you're genuine. If you lack consistency in your home, when your children begin to know you're dishonest and you're not who you say you are in public, you, have, you, are, you are at a great place to raise rebellious children. Your children will be rebellious if you're not real. Your children will be rebellious if Christianity is a front. If they don't see Christ in you, you will not see Christ in them. If they know you're genuine, you see a lot of times parents think, well, I need to be perfect in front of my children. The last thing you can be is perfect in front of your children because you're not perfect. But you can be genuine. You can be honest. If, if they know you're, you're genuine, they'll watch how you handle mess ups. They'll watch how you handle problems and they'll learn more from how you handle things from a genuine heart than from phony perfection. If Christianity is just something you do because you come to church and when you come to church and you're different at home, you're not going to raise godly children. And don't blame the church and don't blame the Christian school and don't blame the Sunday school teacher and don't blame the Awana worker. You need to look in the mirror and blame yourself because you're inconsistent. You're not going to raise consistent children. How can we teach our children to honor parents? And I'm going to give you some things here today. In, 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 in reality, I'm not upset at all. How many of you think I'm a little upset? I'm not upset at all. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I don't see in some cases us raising godly children. I see us raising children that are going to fit in the world just fine. I see us raising children that have a love for this world and not a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And as your pastor, if that doesn't concern me, you probably need to get another from pastor. Because I want your homes to be fruitful. I want your homes to represent Christ. I want your marriages to exalt Christ. And I want your children to see Christ in you. And see the hope that we have in Christ. How can we teach our children to honor us? Have you ever had to tell your children you're the ones in charge? I've heard this said, if you have to tell them in your chart, you're in charge, you're not. If you have to remind them who's boss, you're not. Then how do we teach our children to honor us? Because that word honor is not something that is forced. It's something that's done out of love and respect. And if your children aren't honoring you, there's a problem and there's a problem in the home and you've got to go back and figure out the root. What happened? Where did we fail? What did we do different? Where did we go wrong? And we need to confess that, get that right with the Lord and then allow the Lord to bless our home. One of the things that I would say, I'm going to give you several things with whatever time I have here today. I want to give you several things today and I want you to take notes and I want you to mark these things down. If you say, well, I'm not a parent, I'm a grandparent, write these things down. Write every single person in this room. If there's a message that I am going to give you from my heart today, this is it. Write these things down. 
Number one, how can I teach my children to honor us? Number one, would you write this down by, by, by loving our children? By loving our children. Now, we give you several principles to each one of these points here. And this principle that I want you to write down by loving our children, love is not giving your children what they want. It is giving your children what they need. Giving your children what they want will produce spoiled children. You don't buy love. You don't, you don't spoil your children and show that your children, that's how you love them. Love is not giving your children what they want. Love is not letting your children have their way. Love is not letting your children be themselves and them controlling your home and leading your home. Love, love is giving your children what they need. And in and, and several things that our children need, would you write this down? We can show our love to our t- children by touching them, by hugging them. You, you, you know what is lacking in many homes today? Affection. Listen to me, dads. You don't show your teenage girl affection. She's going to find it from somewhere else. Come on now. Uh, our children need touch. They, they need love. They need a hug. They, they need, they need a, a, a loving touch, a, a supportive touch. They need an encouraging touch. A, a hug ought not be something that is, is uncommon in a home. Children ought to feel the most safest when they're in the arms of their parents because you feel the safest when you're in the arms of your heavenly father. Your children ought to know your children ought to expect, your children ought to realize that a hug, a supportive hug, an encouraging hug is a normal thing. A physical touch ought to be a daily, multiple times a day in the home with children. I'm reminded of the prodigal father, and that's not just when they're young. I'm reminded of the prodigal father. Remember when the prodigal father was waiting for his son to return, when his son finally returned after living out in the world and coming from the pig slops and of the world and coming in, what did that father do? That father ran to him. He hugged his neck and he kissed him. The first thing that that father did when his son returned home from being out in the world is he showed him affection. He touched him. He hugged his neck. Let your children see you hugging them. And listen to me, let me take a step further, parents, today. Let your children see you hugging each other. There is nothing wrong with with husbands and wives showing affection to each other in front of your children. If your children never see you hug, never see you hold hands, never see you kiss, there's something wrong in the home. You're teaching your children how to respond to the life mate that God's going to give them. You're teaching your children how to respect and how to honor the blessing that God's going to give them. Every parent ought to show affection. Every parent ought to hug almost to the place where the kids, I I like it when our kids will be like, oh, give me a break. (laughs) I'm going to hug your mother. Your, your mother is a gift from God in my life, and I'm going to appreciate it. Every single person, 
needs touch. How, how many of you like it when somebody gives you a hug? How many of you like it when your spouse gives you a hug or your how many of you like it when your neighbor gives you a hug? Better not raise your hand on that one. <laughs> We're reserving these to families. You see, what this shows is affirmation. What this gives a child, a hurting child that gets that touch from their parent, it shows affirmation. It shows appreciation. You see, you give them what they need. A child needs touch. A child needs blessings. When's the last time you said to your child, I bless you in the name of the Lord? When's the last time you've told your children, your adult children, and just simply you blessed them, you, you prayed for God's blessing upon them, you prayed with your child, asking God to meet with that child. Listen to me, we need to bless them and God with God's blessing. We need to comfort them. Children hurt, and we need to empathize with them. When our children are hurting, it ought to be stop everything and minister to their needs. Help them go through that hurt. Our children are living in a society today. They have all these emotions. They have all of these feelings and they don't know what to do with them. Parents, take the time to show your children what to do when they're hurting. What to do when they're confused. What to do when they're feeling. You know, sometimes our children don't even know. They don't even know the word to put to how they're feeling, parents. Help them. Take the time when they're hurting. Don't let weeks and months go when they're hurting about the same thing without hope. Comfort them. Next, would you write this someplace down in your heart? Listen to them. Sometimes we as parents, we don't have a whole lot of time, so we always want to do the talking Parents, you know how you can show your children love? Listening to them. You don't always have to talk. You don't always have to have a solution. Listen to their concerns. They need to know that mom and dad love them no matter what. No matter what is happening in the world, no matter what they're feeling, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they've done, mom and dad love them. And mom and dad are going to give them what they need not always what they want. Number two, number two, <clears throat> by lifting them up. Number one, by loving our children. Number two, by lifting them up. Would you go to Colossians chapter three? Go to Colossians chapter three. And go to verse number 21. You see, the apostle Paul in Colossians, he puts this back on the parent. He puts this back, matter of fact, on the father specifically. He says this in Proverbs 3.21. He says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger. And then what's he say? Lest they be what? Discouraged. How, how many have discouraged children right now? Paul says to the parents, here's, here's just practical Godly advice. He says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger. Don't cause anger in their life. Don't do things that bring tension and bring anger and bring problems and bring controversy in their lives. Don't, don't be the source of those types of feelings in your children. Why? Because when you do it, it's going to discourage them. Why? Because they have no place else to go. 
Would you write this principle down? Number two, the principle is this. Wise encouragement is better than lavish praise. Wise encouragement is better than lavish praise. Children need encouragement like a plant needs water. How many of you have plants in your house? We, we have plants for years, for years. My, my wife loves plants, but um, for years we had to go with plastic plants. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I, it wasn't my wife. It must have been something uh, I was doing wrong. Um, but we finally have gone to real plants and they're, and they're growing and they look great. And, but you know what I learned? They take water, not too much water, because if you, do you know this? If you put too much water in a plant, you kill it. How many of you ever done that? Yeah. Too much kills it. Not enough kills it. Do you know that they actually have meters that you can buy that you stick in the soil and it tells you if it needs water? Yeah. You ought to invest in some. It's cheaper than buying new plants all the time. Tells you just about how much water it needs. Children need encouragement like a plant, like a plant needs water. Praise, praise is good, but encouragement is better. Praise is you are great because of what you've done. We need to be careful, parents, praising our children because of performance. Because then they think this, they have to perform in order to get your praise. And that's why they're always trying to get your attention because the only time they get your attention and the only time they get where they're praised, if they have to do something, encouragement says it was great that something was done. You don't have to perform to get encouragement. Encouragement values not what the child achieves, but who the child is. Don't miss that. Encouragement values not what the child achieves, but who the child is. You don't have to perform in order for you to be pleasing to God. You know what makes you uh, pleasing to God? You're found in Christ. You're covered by the precious blood of, of Calvary. We, 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 we live in a generation where we want our children to perform and, and, we, and we'll praise them when they make us happy or when they make us look good. Listen to me, your children are important whether they make you look good or not. You ought to encourage them to be who God has made them to be. You know, sometimes instead of steering our children to be what we want, instead of steering our children to live up to our expectations, instead of living, listen to me, parents now, instead of living our childhood through them, we ought to just encourage them to be who God wants them to be. And when they are right with God, we ought to encourage them in that life. Number three, would you write this down? Number one, by loving them. Number two, by lifting them up. Number three, by limiting them. Would you go to 1 Samuel with me? 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Everybody with me still? Two of you are. Good. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 13. This is God speaking to Samuel. 
For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Listen, if you, parents, God sees your children. We justify the behavior of our children. What we need to be concerned is what does God think? God looked at Samuel's children and Samuel's children were not serving the Lord. And God put it back on Samuel. Look what he said. For I have told you that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. God said, I, I, Eli, your, your children... Eli is the priest and his children in, in the way God had it set up should have taken over the, the priestly duties in here and in the, in the uh, temple and in, in what happens. Eli's children can't because I, Eli didn't restrain his children. What does it mean? He let his children do whatever they wanted to do. We become parents that are honoring to the Lord when we limit our children. It, the lesson, principle number three, it takes firm restrictions to set children free. It takes firm restrictions to set children free. Your children need limits. They need limits. You, 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 can't, you can't let them be and do whatever they want to do without limits and think it's going to turn out okay. Here, Eli, he's a priest. He's serving the Lord, but he failed because he didn't restrain his children. His children didn't grow to love the Lord and serve the Lord. His children rejected everything that Eli was about. Why? Because there was no limits. Listen to me, parents, moms, and dads, you need to get on the same page when it comes to your children. Because when your children know that you are one way and, and mom or dad is the other way, you're going to raise rebellious children. This, this needs to be a conversation that some parents need to get on the same page with. And it isn't, well, I was raised this way. When I was raised this way, you need to get to the word of God and make the word of God what you raise your children based upon. Amen. Stop babying your children. Stop making excuses for their, their, their sin. Start to put some limitations there. So what? So they'll serve the Lord. Children need limits. And when you give children limits, they will test you over and over and over again. That is a principle that is true. When you set out to give a limit, guess what's going to happen? They're going to press against it. How many of you adults pressed against your parents' limits that they set? Raise your hand. How many of you adults are lying? Yeah. No, it's natural. It's natural. Don't move the limits. When you do, you will create rebellious children. And what you're teaching them is this, as long as I just keep pushing and wear them out, I will win. And when you teach a child that all they have to do is rebel long enough to win, you have recreated a child that is not going to serve the Lord. When a child rebels against the limits, you know what they need to learn? There's consequences. 
over and over and over. And I talk to parents and they'll say, it's just so tiring being a parent. And I sympathize with you, but listen to me. Grow up. Be the parent that God desires you to be. Find strength from the Lord Jesus Christ. Find strength from his word. But don't cave in because when you cave in, there's no restrictions. There's no restraint. And a child that has no limits, a child that has no restraints grows to be a rebellious child. Now listen here, set reasonable, fair limitations. You want to set limitations that are unrealistic and unachievable, then you're going to create a rebellious child as well. But if your limitations are fair, biblical, and balanced, you've got to stay firm in those parents. Number four, would you write this down? By leading them. Would you go to Proverbs chapter 22? Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number six. The Bible says this, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Number four, four, how do we, how are we parents showing honor by love, by loving them? Number one, by loving our children. Number two, by lifting them. Number three, by limiting them. Number four, by leading them. Principle number four, would you write this down? Teach without, to teach without training is to fail in your task. To teach without training is to fail in your task. My son has to read a lot of things. He became a sergeant, and matter of fact, he's, they moved him for a couple weeks out of the country. He was into a different country, and he's, he's doing some training in this country. Now, when he was in IT, he, it was a lot of book learning. It was a lot of getting in and learning what the military way of doing the combat medic and learning in books and that sort of thing they were teaching. But then you know what they did? They went and gave him training as well. And that is this, that's instruction. That is taking them and moving from just telling them something to giving them opportunity. I played football when I was in high school and I loved playing football, but I did not learn how to play football from just watching videos and reading books. How many of you guys played sports or ladies played sports? You had to get out there. And when we were, I loved football. What I didn't like are the two a days. If you played football, you probably remember that in the lateness of the summer morning, and then they give you a break and then they give you come back in the afternoon. And man, you are, you are sweating and you are working and they never, that would have been the time I would have loved. Let's go watch film. No, they're out there and they're teaching you how to tackle and they're teaching you how to, how to, to do everything, all, all the plays out in the sun. You're, you're running these, they, they, they put offense on defense and you're running these plays and, and, and you're, you're tired, but you know where you learn? You learn by being trained. 
you know, a lot of times in the word of God, we can read in the word of God and we can find out, but you know, many times how we really learn the word of God is when we have to put it in action in our lives. I love that verse, be anxious for nothing. And that's a really, really easy verse to be anxious for nothing when everything in my life is going well. But guess what God does? God will allow things in your life not to go well. For why? For you can put it into practice. I can't put it into practice when everything's great. Sometimes God will allow things not to be so great so that I can put into practice the things I need to put into practice. For what reason? So that I can grow. We need to be leading them. Teach without training is to fail in your task. Train them, lead them. And there's some areas that we need to be on purpose. And I want to ask you, grandparents and parents and, and, and everyone here in this room today, are these things that I'm going to name here today, when's the last time you trained them? I've watched children be disrespectful in front of their parents and their parents not say a word. And I thought to myself, what are you doing? Or the parent will take the kid's side. When, when's the last time you taught them, you trained them, parents, in the area of contentment? They're, the, the, our children are wanting to chase the dreams of this world. They're not content. It's all about making more money and getting more money so that you can get more stuff and get more stuff so you can be more happy. And, 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 and we know this. It is not true. Some of the most wealthy people in the world have lived their life and they only live it to the end where they say this, I've had everything I've wanted and nothing has made me happy. They're empty. They've been through four or five marriages and they've been through relationship after relationship. Their kids want nothing to do with them, but they've had everything in life. They're chasing the dream of this world because someone failed to teach them to be content. Courage. You know what we need more in this world than anything else? We need courage. We have young men, we have young men that don't have any courage. We live in a society that is just, just taking away any, anything that, 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 that even resembles masculinity is wrong and we need to stop. We need to raise some young men of courage that'll stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Some men that'll stand and say, I'm going to lead my home and I'm going to lead my family according to God's word. Courage. Courage to stand in a wicked day. Courage to stand for the things of God. Courage to say, but as for me in my house, we are going to serve the Lord and not cater to this world and not, not, be, not be intimidated by this world, but courage because this book is true and I'll stand upon the principles of this book realizing that God is the one that's going to give me strength. We need courage. Courage in this world. We need young people that'll stand. Parents, teach them courage. How about fairness? Generosity. You 
You know what my fear in... The older generation in our church, they've been taught. One of the things that they've been taught, and, and I'm not just saying the older generation, but and not everyone, but I would say the older generation in our church has been taught something and they're consistently doing it. It's tithing. Some of you parents, your children have a job. And they're not giving to the Lord. And you never even have a conversation with them about it. And when the church is weak and the church is anemic and the church has no commitment because the people that are young people being raised up aren't being taught by their parents, you can look in the mirror. It's your fault. Your children have not been taught. and They've not been trained. My children, from the day they, they'll, they'll tell you this, from the day they got a job, I'll say to them often, are you, are you giving to the Lord? I'll take a step further, parents. I look at my kids' tithing statements. When they come in the mail, I look at them. I don't want my children to rob God and for me to be okay with it. Because if I'm letting them rob God, you know what? They'll become thieves. I know it's getting quiet. I'm trying to help you. You say, this isn't a Sunday morning message. <laughs> it is. You're failing. And you're not involved. And you wonder why they're rebelling in all of these other areas because you're not taking care of the important areas in their life when they're young. And now, yeah, they've rebelled against you because you've not taken the time to train discernment, gentleness, kindness, thankfulness. Do you teach your children to say thank you? My wife and I just spent, and Angela spent a week with our senior class. And unfortunately, unfortunately for some, it was complaining because they didn't get what they want and not a single thank you. My wife came home to our children and she said this, kids, if someone does something for you, you need to say thank you. Somebody opens a door for you, say thank you. Somebody does something kind for you, say thank you. Somebody spends time and spends effort and does something for you, have a spirit of gratitude and say thank you. But it's not being taught. You're not sitting with them, making sure that these important things are done in their life. And we're raising a generation of young people that aren't going to be anywhere found when it comes time to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. These things must be taught. Would you write this down in your heart? Learn to compliment character more than talent. Learn to compliment character more than talent. 
When your kids are content, compliment them. When they show courage, compliment them. When they show content, uh, uh, courteousness, compliment them. When they show fairness, compliment them. When they show generosity, compliment them. When they show discernment, compliment them. Don't just take them for ice cream when they hit a home run or score a goal or get good grades. Don't just compliment them for talent. Compliment them for the character that you're teaching them because character is even greater than talent. God will do more with character than he will with talent. Because a person of character will serve the Lord and give him glory. A person of talent will serve and get the glory for themselves. And then lastly, and I'll just put this one out here, number five. How many of you are mad at me yet? Number five, by laughing. By laughing. Your home should be filled with laughter and joy. Let your kids see you laugh. Principle number five is this. Serious situations call for a lot of laughter. One of my girls came home from work Friday night. She was crying. And before that time was done, we were laughing. Listen to me, it, it is, raising children is difficult, but don't take laughter out of your home. Your home ought to be a place that your children run to. The, your home ought to be a place, yes, there's limits, and yes, there's correction, and yes, they're, 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 they've got rules, but boy, they know how to laugh with us. Laugh with your kids. Laugh at yourself. Learn to laugh. When somebody does something silly, laugh. Laughter makes the heart merry. We need laughter. If you want your kids to honor you, you've got to love them. You've got to lift them. You've got to, every other point I said here today, and laugh. Learn to laugh with them. Why am I saying this, parents? If the Lord tarries is coming, we've got to see the work of the Lord continue to go from generation to generation. And as Paul wrote Timothy and Paul wrote Titus and Paul wrote Philemon, Paul realized this, I'm not going to be here forever. And I need you to get these principles because Christ is worthy. Christ ought to be exalted. Christ is what we live for and who we live for. Our goal is not just to raise a bunch of worldly kids that go to church, but children that are committed to the gospel message of Jesus Christ that'll take this book and live it out in difficult days that'll stand for the word of God, that'll take the message of the gospel to places around this world and preach the gospel to every single person that will stand, not compromise, but stand for the Lord Jesus Christ because I want your children and my children to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. 
If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.